Across the Field Podcast is brought to you by Store Shine Detailing, TNT Springer Landscaping, Sin Rock Engraving, Sisters Embroidery and More, Antoine Automotive, Puckerbrush Pizza, and the Vaughn Co. another episode of Across the Field, Double B and Dr. BS <laughs> with us tonight. <laughs> Peyton taking the night off. Brady, how's it going, man? Doing good, man. Happy to be back and ready to talk some area sports here, man. You know, last week was a tough week for all of us. Just kind of got busy with stuff, but I'm excited to be back here. Yeah, absolutely. And you had uh, you had a pretty busy weekend, if I, <laughs> if I saw that right. I did. I did, yeah. <laughs> congratulations thank you thank you I just, um you know after being together eight years or so i i wasn't so concerned about her saying no but it's still just one of those things you want everything to go as planned you know so yeah so if you don't mind sharing how did you how did you do it uh so just kind of casual thing you know i i didn't want to make a big deal of it but uh we just went we went to church early Sunday morning and then I told her we were going to breakfast in Fort Wayne and uh actually just kind of worked out where it was nice outside so we just we went downtown and ended up going for a little walk and just kind of did her there so didn't didn't make a big to-do of it but just something that was kind of nice and quiet and private for us uh it, it went went all as planned so we were both pretty happy good, good deal yeah your parents on hand, her parents on hand, or was it just you guys? Nobody was on hand, but then we came back here after, and we all had lunch here at my parents' house, so it, it was good. Okay. Yeah. So, Kristen will be the new Mrs. BS. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing, another thing I wanted to ask you, um, did you get all moved to Hicksville yet? So, not yet. So, you know how construction is, you know, kind of sure. backing us up a couple of weeks, which the, the group of guys that's doing it in Hicksville, they've been phenomenal. And uh, they had a lot of work to do in this building. But it uh, looks like it's going to be a couple, at least another week, maybe two weeks before we get into Hicksville full time. So, we're getting okay. there. You know, you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, which we're also excited about on the work front. So, good deal. Yeah. A lot, a lot of good stuff going on, going on for you. I know it, it's a, it's a lot going on, but you know what? You know what the consistent thing is through all of it is getting hopping on here on the pod and talking a little sports action. Absolutely, man. I you know last week, like you said, we got busier and snot, and it's good to finally get back and sit down and talk about some sports. So Heck yeah. All right. Well, first thing I wanted to talk to you about, and I know a lot of the listeners, you know, some of them don't really care, but some of them do. Uh, the NBA started a couple weeks ago, and your Celtics are off to a great start, by the way. Um, yes. Are they are they still undefeated? No, they got beat last night. Last uh, night, okay. Yeah, they got beat late in a close game in Minnesota. So, 5-1, and one, still happy with the start. Yep. Uh, one thing I did want to ask you, what do you think about this in-season tournament? So, I think it's kind of different, and it's hard to say without seeing it. But 
I mean, one thing that people complain about with the NBA, kind of like baseball, is, you know, oh, it's a long season and the regular season doesn't really matter and guys don't play hard all the time. And if this is something that's going to incentivize guys to play a little harder and give the regular season a little bit more meaning and draw more attention to the league, I'm all for it. And I, I do think it will kind of, you know, it, and I, I think it'll get the job done and, you know, with it being so early in the season, I do think it'll draw more attention. So I, I'm excited for it, just to see how it goes. Yeah, when they when they proposed this last year, I guess I thought it was going to be more around like January, February, kind of like before the All Star break. But yeah, um, I kind of like it. And the way the way I understand it, they'll play those games on Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, then they hit them with you know they get some different uniforms. The floor is a little different, a little different color scheme. So I kind of like it. Um, You know, we talked about before we started recording here, you know, there's essentially, you know, six pools of five teams in each. And, um, you know, then they come out with the the final eight gets to go to Vegas. So I don't really know how they came up with that. But all in all, I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it's a little weird. The one thing I think about it, and this might be completely, totally overanalyzing it, but I think for young teams or teams that don't have a lot of playoff experience, like, for example, since I watched the Timberwolves last night, you know, thinking about Minnesota, a guy like Anthony Edwards, he's played in some playoff games, but they've never been able to make much of a run, like, deep into it. So I think if the regular, if this in-season tournament, is taken seriously and a team like that or a guy like that can make a run. I think it does give them a leg up with some kind of playoff like experience. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see it. And I think uh, sometime in December will be the, that final eight tournament out yeah. in Vegas. So it, it's actually um, pretty early in December. I think like, I think it's like the first week of December. Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to get all these games in. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I just want to touch base on that real quick. And I guess the transition here, um, we'll stay with the NFL. And, you know, not going so far back a couple weeks ago, but just this past weekend, um, our guy C.J. Stroud, I want to start there. Looking fantastic on that great come-from-behind win. Uh, you know, they had the lead against Tampa Bay. Had to go down and score. What he had like 45 seconds Yeah, to go, to go down and score and get the win. So what do you think about C.J.? Uh, he's incredible. The thing about C.J. Stroud is he did not get drafted into a good situation. Like sometimes we see these younger quarterbacks, they get drafted to a team that has some decent pieces. Like Houston was not really one of those teams, and he has come in and just absolutely – lit it up really through the first eight games mm-hmm. yeah he he's been dynamite and uh yeah i think he's kind of putting that narrative to bed about the ohio state quarterbacks not being able to perform but um i i got in a little uh facebook beef but we won't really get into that <laughs> but uh so yeah you know i i think you, you nailed it there he you know i there's a reason I quit rooting for Houston. I'm kind of back in now just because of CJ. I still don't think they're ever going to win a Super Bowl with Cal McNair running the show. Um, but, uh, you know, not a great situation. I kind of thought their defense would carry them, and I, it's kind of been the opposite, really. Yeah, and, you know, I'll give you a mulligan on that one. 
if you want. So, <laughs> from a fan perspective, I, I have no trouble with you going back and rooting for the Texans a little bit because, I mean, this guy's really showing out, and it's it's really fun to watch. Um, obviously, still a long way to go, and, I mean, they're just a 500 team, but, man, you, you see the flashes, and it's really encouraging. And I think it has potential to be one of those things here down the road where Stroud could possibly develop into a – you know, a top five, top 10 NFL quarterback. And then you look back and I think, you know, the defense in that Georgia game last year will kind of be one of those things that always haunts Ohio State because it's going to be like, man, how did the Buckeyes never win a national championship with C.J. Stroud? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. So um, other NFL news, uh, another big game that was Sunday, Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, I don't know if you got to see much of that, but that was that was a great game. Um, and the Eagles now sitting here, what seven and one, eight and one, and and yeah, and they look like they're heading back to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. <laughs> they really do, and that was like one of the only games I did get a chance to sit down and watch quite a bit of the second half. Really odd ending to that game. Uh, both teams yeah. made some really bad mistakes and gave each other opportunities they probably shouldn't have had. Um, the one thing I'll say about Dallas here, the past couple weeks, everybody loves to rip on Dak Prescott, but, man, he's put a couple good games together here. So I think from that point of view, Cowboys fans have to be somewhat encouraged at least. I'm one of those guys. I've always ripped on Dak. I just – I don't – I'm not a big fan of him. And, yeah. But I tell you what, I mean, you're right. And I, after Sunday, after I watched him Sunday, I thought, okay – I think this guy has leveled up a little bit, and I think, you know, they could maybe make that jump. Now, again, it's still the Cowboys, and so I don't get real excited when it comes to the playoffs. But, well, yeah, yeah. Um, but, man, they, they have the pieces, and that defense is pretty darn good, um, even with them being banged up. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they make a run, but I think I would just because it's still the Cowboys. But he's playing tremendous right now. Yeah, it you know, that's exactly it. Will the Cowboys ever get over the hump? It's it's just hard to believe, especially when you look at Philly and San Francisco out there in the NFC still as pretty heavy favorites, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So, um, any other games you kind of want to talk about that happened over the weekend? We, we probably need to talk about the Bengals. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I did get a text a couple weeks ago that um, from one of our listeners, Blake Sin, I believe it was said don't let brady off easy on the Bengals here i know i know and I, i've gotten texts from a couple of listeners that are Bengals fans um you know th- they are playing well i expected them to win sunday night because when they're they've proven here over the past couple of years primetime games at home in cincinnati they always play well i mean they, they don't hardly ever lose those games so i was expecting them to win um they're playing better burrow is healthy I still just, I don't know. I just, I still have my doubts for whatever reason, but they're going to have every opportunity here to prove me wrong. So time will tell. Yeah. I, they just seem like they're starting to heat up, and Joe looks pretty good now. I, I know mean, he does. He, he, he's starting to come back to, to what he was. So um, that could be a dangerous team, man, if they get clicking like they are right now. They so. they got to get their running game going still, you know. They, they got to get a yeah. little more for mixing in the run game, and but their defense looks solid. The O line looks like they've improved a bit, but 
I mean, since he's still sitting there and last in their division for anyone keeping track. So we'll see. see. Um, You want to talk about your Patriots? Lost a tough one to Washington at home. Yeah, and so now the big news today kind of circulating on the Internet is there's potential or there's rumors that Belichick potentially gets the boot in the middle of this season. Um, Wow. if they go and lose, uh, you know, they play overseas um, on Sunday morning against the Colts. And there's some rumors that if they lose that game, Belichick could potentially get the hook. I certainly hope that doesn't happen because he deserves to at least see the season through. Um, I, I think that would not be a cool way for the Patriots to let him go. But I understand it is a business and the Patriots are a bad football team right now. So uh, is what it is. But, yeah, I, I I don't know. I they are they are the worst team I've watched this year in the NFL. Oh boy, oh boy, that's a bad yeah. football team. Yeah, um, I hope they don't do that. Um, I, again, I hope that they let him get through the year, and I think that he at least deserves that. But man oh man they they are struggling bad and and this is a big one you know like you mentioned going over to germany this coming week and we'll get into that you know tomorrow's episode but holy smoke man they they are not they are not good right now <laughs> yeah i and it's one of those things where everyone that's always tried to make the argument you know that was it belichick or was it brady you know people are feeding off that right now and I still think it was a combination of both of them. I, I will argue that forever. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely, he definitely misses Tom, man. There, there's no doubt. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you got anything else NFL-wise you want to talk I don't, about? I don't think so. Okay. Like I said, we'll get into the picks tomorrow. Um, we're going to do two episodes this week. I don't know if I mentioned that. but uh, um, And then I also just heard from Peyton – uh, let me check his uh, text here because I, I sent him the link and I thought maybe he might jump on. And uh, they had a scrimmage tonight. He's, uh, I don't know if people know that, but he's coaching over at Paulding. So, yeah, um, he's going to be a little limited with us. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, but, yeah, had their first scrimmage tonight. So he's probably not going to join us. But uh, – that's probably all right because he doesn't want, really want to talk about his bears. I don't think so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lost a tough one to the Saints, but uh, Saints did. looking all right too. You know, yeah, they're just so hard to trust, though, man. Like they could have won. There's only one game that they really like truly lost this year, and it was against Tampa. And the other three games, I mean, they just found ways to lose, it seemed like, against the Texans and the Jags, and they choked one away against the Packers early in the year, too. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they show some flashes. They don't have the toughest schedule, so I do think they have a good chance to win that division still and make the playoffs. But, uh, man, it, it, it's an elite defense and just a shaky, shaky offense. So you mentioned the Packers real quick. I did want to bring this up. What do you think about Jordan Love? I mean, is he the guy, or are they going to try to move on from him this offseason, do you think? He's going to have to start winning some games, or else they will. Oh, I, I was never 
a believer in Jordan Love because I always thought if Love was that good, they would have moved on from Rodgers a little bit quicker. Sure. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but with all the turmoil that was there between Rodgers and, and, and the front office, you know, I, I, I just thought that if Love was really ready, they would have moved on from him. And then Love looked good the first few weeks, but his touchdown rate was insane. I mean, he was throwing a touchdown pass like every five or six completions. Like it was an unsustainable rate. And here we are. That's exactly what we're getting. So um, I think they lost four straight before they won this past week. But they're going to have to string some wins together. Yeah, he might be a one and done as a starter. Yeah, I, I just I've, I've heard a lot of the Packers fans hitting that panic button. And, yeah. you know, for me, you know, it's it's not like their defense is bad. I mean, they're they're keeping them in ball games. I feel like a lot of the times and man, they just like against the Saints, they just did just enough to win. I think that final score was what, like 18 to 15 or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you should be able to manufacture 20 points to get a win, I think. Yeah, especially at home. So, yeah. <laughs> so. All right, let's take a break. We come back, we're going to get into some Buckeye talk. Everyone knows about Pucker Brush Pizza. If not, get on board for fantastic fresh cuisine. You know, pizza, calzones, quesadillas with handcrafted queso, soups and salads too. Like them on Facebook and check their website for hours and online menu. PuckerBrushPizza.com. Pucker Brush Pizza in Payne at 117 East Marin and 114 South Main in Antwerp. Put these numbers in your phone. 263-2626 in Payne and 506-2002 in Antwerp. Big city taste at a small town price. It's Pucker Brush Pizza. Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer Landscaping. They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. Back here across the field and Brady, let's get into some Buckeye football real quick. Um, you know, we, we didn't talk after um, the Wisconsin game a couple weeks ago. I don't believe, did we? No, we did not. Nope, nope. So let's kind of go back to that game and uh, tell me which, what your thoughts were there. Um, so obviously wasn't the prettiest game. Neither was this past Saturday, but the Buckeyes keep finding ways to win. Um, the Wisconsin game in particular – Defense was tremendous once again. However, Kyle McCord, the one thing he had done up to that point in the season was take care of the football and not turn the ball over. And then we saw him turn the ball over a few times in, uh, in up in Madison. So it, it was just kind of shaky from that standpoint, in my opinion. But the defense, I mean, I know Braden Locke, not a great quarterback, by any means yet, at least. I mean, I know he's a freshman, but defense continued to look good. So that, that was the bright spot coming out of that game. Yeah. I guess um, I'll live with an interception here or there, but down in the red area, that's where you can't turn it over. And, and that pick he threw at Madison that night was just – the one down in the red zone was just – I mean, throw that thing away. Let's at least come away with some points there. Yeah, and, and that's just it, you know, especially with this defense as well as they've played. Like, if you can get three, that is okay. We're taking that every time. It's not like the past couple of years where it's like, oh, you don't know what you're getting from the defense. you got to get touchdowns. I think with this defense, as strong as they are, 
you can live with three points. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, looking back at that game, let's go ahead and give our Buckeye lead for that game. Who are you going with? I'm going Travion, man, because I've been a big <laughs> critic. I've been a big critic, but that there's no doubt that I mean he showed up in that game in a big way, and so I, I think he was. Let me see here. He had a huge game. He had like 160 yards, One, I think. So yeah, it was like 162, I think. Yeah, 162. yeah. Yeah, he he was great, so he can get mine. Okay. Well, you stole mine, so I'll double down. I'll go trade because <laughs> – no, seriously, because here's the thing. Like, we haven't seen this in, like, two years. And yeah. so to have him back and, you know, he's battled injury or whatever the case may be, um, not getting on the field, I still think maybe he had – he was in the doghouse a little bit. But um, that's always been, quote, unquote, injury, and he sat out a week here and week there. Um so I'll double down on that. I'm going. I'm going Trey as well. I mean, he he was phenomenal. So, um, and then let's let's talk about Rutgers this past weekend. Uh, go ahead and give your thoughts on this game. So yeah, so I was on the golf course during this game, and I was hoping it would be a kind of a snooze fest, but I was having to pay a lot closer <laughs> attention to my phone than what I wanted to. You know, I had had the stream pulled up, and I was watching. But um, once again, not a thing of beauty. But the defense really came through and saved the day, not only with the pick six, but before that, holding Rutgers in the second quarter to three 20-yard field goals. I mean, that is just fantastic. That's getting the job done. I don't care what team you're playing. Yep. Yeah, it was it was not pretty. And, uh, you know, that play by Josh Proctor that – separated the receiver from the ball and then Jordan Hancock picking it off, taking it back. That was obviously the momentum swing, but, um, you know, being the number one team in the nation, you know, you're going to get everybody's best shot and also your Ohio state. So, you know, coach Shiano is going to give you your best shot every year. And, um, yeah, so wasn't pretty, but at least, you know, wins a win and you move on. Yeah. I'll say this about the game this past weekend against Rutgers. I don't think that was like as bad or I was more satisfied with the Rutgers game, I guess, than the Wisconsin game. I mean, Rutgers is already bowl eligible coming in. They're six and two. I know they haven't played a great schedule, but mm-hmm. six and two on the road. And this is one of those games in the past that we have seen like Urban Meyer teams struggle with. I mean, we saw Urban Meyer teams that lose these type of games in back to back seasons with Purdue and with Iowa. But Ryan Day has proved over his, you know, over his tenure here that he doesn't lose these games. And I mean, once again, the Buckeyes found a way and they're still able to win the game by 19. So. Yeah. Undefeated. I think I saw against unranked opponents. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you mentioned, you know, under urban, I love urban Meyer, but under urban, we lost a couple of those games we shouldn't. And so I, I guess at least we're getting the job done when we should. So, be thankful for that. Um, Buckeye Lee for, for this game. I know you didn't get to watch much of it, but who would you go with here? If I had – I mean, I I would say Proctor just because he broke up that pass. And, I, and I, I could say, you know, Hancock too if I wanted to give out two just because that play was like – that's a season-saving type play in my opinion because if that doesn't happen and Rutgers goes and scores a touchdown and the Buckeyes are down – you know, it would have been 16-7 to seven at the time, third quarter. Like, look out. 
you, you don't know what might have happened to them. So I, I, I thought that was a huge play and completely, you know, potentially saved the season. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I'm going to go with – I'll go Trey again two weeks yeah. later. I thought he had another solid week, so I'm taking the easy way out. I'm going Trey. I mean – the defense has been phenomenal. I think you could give a leaf to someone on the defensive side every week, but uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Trey again just because we got it back-to-back weeks, baby. Yeah, that that's not the easy way out either because he's been that good and he's been that explosive, and he's adding an element to this offense, and it's exactly what the offense needs. Last time we got on here and talked about the Buckeyes, we were saying it's just Marv, but if Travion Henderson can keep this up and stay healthy – please the next three weeks um you know he he's just as important as marv is to this offense in my opinion so um the other guy i wanted to mention tommy eichenberg i've been kind of critical of him as well and he has played very good in back-to-back weeks i've thought also yes yes that play he made up in madison against wisconsin um down there on the goal line yeah they tried tried the little inside shovel pass um when when he just removed that offensive lineman and made that play at about the two yard line, I thought that was very impressive. I mean, he's had some other big plays too, but that one really sticks out in my mind. Yeah, exactly. And Cody Simon too at the linebacker position. I mean, who'd have thought that? We we didn't see a lot of him last year. Now he's <laughs> stepping into a big role here in his senior year. I mean, I would have never expected that coming into the season. No, and I've I've been one of his biggest critics as well. So Nice to see him playing well, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, there's the thought on the Buckeyes. You got anything else before we move on? Yeah, I've got some thoughts. Um, I, I guess I, I want to ask you, What I mean, where are you at with Kyle McCord? What, what, what are your thoughts there? If he can – I think he's done just fine. Um, I think if he can – Protect the ball, not turn it over like we saw the last last couple weeks. Um, just get back to to playing. Then then I think we're fine. Um, like that's all he's got to do is manage the game. And you know you hear that a lot in the NFL. I don't think with this defense, you know, I don't think he has to go out and and be C.J. Stroud. I mean, he's got to be the best version of himself. And you know, to me. I think he's been fine all year. The last couple of weeks been a little sloppy, but if he cleans that back up and, you know, gets back on track, I think we're fine. I think, I think we're good. Yeah. So I guess the more I've thought about it this week, the more I'm concerned because we've seen the last two weeks, you know, he has the turnovers against Wisconsin turnover against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. And then just, I guess just the lack of improvement I've seen from him is kind of scaring me because yeah. we are already, I mean, today's November 7th and I'm still just not seeing like week to week growth or even month to month growth that mm-hmm. I would have wanted to see from him. I mean, I'm looking at his line here from Saturday, 19 of 26, 189. Yes. He threw three touchdowns. He had the one pick, but really the biggest pass play of the game was a check down to Travion Henderson that Travion made the whole thing happen. He ran for 65 yards. You take yes. that away, we're talking now 125 approximately yards passing for the game. And so I have no doubts that the Buckeyes can win a lot of games and be a top team in the country with Kyle McCord 
because of how well this defense is playing. However, and I've said this earlier this year, I worry about this team's ability to win a national championship with Kyle McCord, despite how good this defense is. I mean, let's think about this. The last couple of years, Georgia has been unbelievable, and I think they're very good again this year. Georgia's been fantastic, and everyone's talking about the Georgia defense, how good the Georgia defense has been. But then you look at the college football playoff the past two years. In 22, Georgia is able to score 34 in the semifinal against Michigan. Then they score 33 in the national championship against Alabama. Last year in the semifinal against the Buckeyes, they go and score 42, and, I mean, their defense gave up 41. That became a game that was just first team to 40 is going to win. And despite their defense being so great. So I just worry, you look at Ohio State's offense in the two big games they've played this year, they score 17 at Notre Dame, and then they score 20 at home against Penn State. So 17 and 20 in the two biggest games against two opponents, which, let's be honest, Notre Dame keeps losing games. Penn State, we're still not real sure how truly good they are. So does Ohio State have the ability to go and score, say, even like mid-20s to 30 points in back-to-back big games against top four teams in the country? I still can't say that they can confidently. So for that reason, I'm very, very concerned about the Buckeyes, not only ability to go up to Ann Arbor and get a win, but to win a playoff game or two. I, I just think that the offense, it might come down and be one of those issues where we all kind of realize it and we keep putting Band-Aids on it and it keeps kind of getting pushed to the side. But then here down the stretch in a big game, it's going to show up and it's going to be like, man, we should have seen this coming all along. Like this offense is just not good enough to win it all. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um, those are all good points. And I will say, you know, a podcast I listen to a lot, Zach Smith, Menace of Sports. Um, last year before the playoffs, you know, he mentioned because everybody was, you know, he's obviously, he leans more Ohio State and um, and everybody was concerned about the defense. And he, he went back and did a study over the past like five or six years um, there was only one team, and I can't remember if it was the Alabama team or Georgia team, that was in the top 20 or 25 that won the national championship. Um, so that just tells me that it, it is more predicated on the offense, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would have to go back, you know, I don't know what Georgia's defense was last year. Maybe that changed. But but regardless, still two two teams at most in the last five or six years had a top 25 defense. So, I mean, that, you're right. That is a bit concerning. You know, the offense has got to get going here. Um, but again, yeah, I, I don't know. I think you're right on the national championship. Um, but man, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I would just like to see. Now I will say, I don't think there's an offense out there and maybe I'm wrong. I know we're sitting here, like you said, November 7th, but I don't know that there's an offense out there that's just going to expose the Buckeye defense, though, either. Yeah, yeah, and that's a very good point. And, you know, we've, we talked about it, I think, the last time we were on here about the comparison to the 2002 team. And, yeah, it's starting to get similar because they're just winning these ugly games. But mm-hmm. even that 2002 team, you know, they go and beat one of the best teams of all time in Miami – 
I mean, they had to score 31 points in that game to win. Granted, they scored 14 in the two overtimes, you know, to get to 31. However, right. now you don't only have to win one game like that. You have to win two games. So could that, have 2000, could that 2002 team, could they have gone and scored 31 against Miami and then gone and done it again to beat another team after that? It's hard to say. But, I mean, that's the situation we're in now in college football where you have to put it together for two straight games. And I, I just don't know what this offense way too much inconsistency. And I'm really, really, really hoping that we see some steps forward here these next couple weeks. Well, not, you know, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Not only that, um, you know, the game was a lot different back in 2002. Um, yeah. Yeah. That game goes to overtime tied at 17. And those were kind of grinded out possessions where, mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's it's a totally different game, and I don't know I don't know that I don't know that that team, you know, playing in today's game would have even been close to doing that. I mean, that's neither here or there, but that's a good point of, you know, I they pro I don't know they would yeah, again they would have to do it twice, and that that would be tough to muster up two games in a row. Yeah, and and you also make a great point about you know maybe there's not another team in college football out there that's just going to completely expose. Ohio State's defense, which I totally agree. But like let's take uh let's take a Washington, for example, which I know they're not playing great, but they're an explosive offense. Mm-hmm. I think if they play Ohio State, they're probably good for at least three touchdowns, right? I I mean what we could say Oh they're yeah, probably, yeah. They're probably gonna score twenty, twenty one at least. Twenty one to twenty four somewhere in there. Even against the Washington team, are we sure that Kyle McCord can lead our offense down the field for three touchdowns? I'm just not sure. And so that's where my concern lies right now with the Buckeyes. Yeah, well, after watching Saturday, that defense is not very good. Uh, They're not. They're not. (laughs) So I would hope we would be able to score, you know, 28 points against them. But, man, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say that with certainty. Right. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, 24 so, against Wisconsin. So, yeah. 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 Um, that's a good point. Going to be interesting. Good thing it's only November 7th. I mean, this, this stuff's going to play out for sure. But, uh, yeah, going to be interesting. Speaking of that Washington game, though, um, unless you got anything more on the Buckeyes. No, no, I don't think so. Okay. Speaking of Washington, though. I don't know how much how big of a better you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not huge. I play some bets here and there, but I tell you what, I sat here and watched that game the other night, uh, Washington USC, and literally I just kept throwing five bucks on touchdown each drive. Yeah, and I you t- did all right. I, I tell you what, I made about eighty five dollars, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it was incredible. I mean it was a it was a tennis match and so I just had to throw it out there. That Pac-12, huh. whoo, they're kind of turning into the, the Big 12 as far as their defense goes. How disappointing has USC been this year, man? Okay, that, let's talk about that. Alec Green's defense. Ooh. Let's talk about that. And and <laughs> Alex Green's is the, yeah. How, how does he still have a job? I'm not sure. Not sure. But, you know, here we are. I did want to ask you about Caleb Williams, and we saw him – breakdown after the game and i know that's their third loss but what did you think about that i don't know i haven't thought about it enough to make a strong opinion here's what i will say i think he's taking a lot of heat 
from fans and some of it deservingly so because he hasn't been the greatest of sports uh, over the past couple of seasons. However, this year, he hasn't really done anything that I've seen to stir the pot more than what he did last year. And I think that people are saying like, oh, his draft stock is dropping every week. And I'm like, man, this guy is still like a really, really, really good football player. And his defense is just that terrible. And offensive line, like his offensive line is awful too. Yeah. So for those reasons, part of me feels bad for him because it's like, dude, he's trying to knock off the number five team in the country and undefeated, and he scores six touchdowns, and it's not enough. They still lose by double digits. And, like, I can't imagine how terribly frustrating that would be. But I, 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 I also see the other side of got a man up a little bit, especially so, with everything that he's done. So I've got mixed feelings on this, and I've always said, like, you know, you see a guy – get emotional, like say in March Madness after a team loses or, you know, after you lose a, a conference championship game in football or even in the playoffs or a bowl game, like I get that, like your season's done. To me, and, and I saw RG3 on TikTok or Twitter or something come out and say, like, that just shows me how much he cares. We know that he cares. We know these NFL scouts know what they're getting. Yeah. My thing is with the whole thing, and I don't want to bash him too much, but like, dude, you got three games left. Right. Right. Or two games left. I, I don't yeah. think they've had their bye yet, but it's like, pull yourself together here. I mean, Jiminy Christmas, go out there and win some games. And if, you know, you, you need some help from some other teams, but shoot, you could find yourself back in the Pac 12 championship if right. all heck breaks loose. And, so to me, just kind of watch him. It's like, dude, your season's not over. Correct. Yeah. That's even a really though, good point. even though it may feel like it is. Yeah. Do you? I, I guess my question for you: Do you think it was legit, like him crying, or do you think it was kind of a look at me type publicity stunt? Both. I think it's yeah. a little both. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I really do. I think it was a little bit of both. So. I don't know. I, I just when I saw it live, I was just like, "Come on, dude." What, yeah. what are you what are you doing <laughs> yeah. man man up a little bit yeah. i mean he didn't shake hands he didn't talk to nobody it just he ran Correct. right to and and i don't like i said i don't want to maybe he's got these are people you know these are humans too maybe he's got some other stuff going on off the field you know we don't know so or i i guess i don't know but my my biggest thing was like man hold it together Hold it together. Yeah. If if you're gonna get emotional, go shake a hand or two and go to the locker room and let it out there. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So it could have it could have been that. I mean, it could have been look at me type thing, but I don't know. I I didn't love it. Yeah. Did not love it at all. To me, that and and that's what I would kind of counter back when I saw RG three say that. He's like, man, you you know, you're getting the ultimate competitor. No, you don't. Like to me. I don't know. The ultimate competitor would be the guy that goes in the post game and, and gets ticked off about it, you know, and yeah, yeah. kind of shows some fire. Give me a, give me a little Tim Tebow. Sure. I promise, you know, give me, give me the promise. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Good point. I've, I've got mixed feelings on that, but yeah, let's take a look at, 
let's take a look at uh, some of the other college games real quick. Um, you had Georgia and Missouri. Did you get to watch any of this game? I didn't get to watch much of it. No, I was kind of in and out. But okay, uh, I I have watched Missouri this year, and they're a pretty good football team. Yeah, they're they're solid, and you know the rankings just came out a little bit ago. They were twelve heading in last week, and they they mm-hmm. only dropped two spots. And I I think that's good. I mean, keep them yeah. there about fourteen. I think that's reasonable, don't you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So you know, um, Georgia had to they had to grind that out, and so kudos to them for doing that. But uh, yeah, it was a pretty good game. I thought I thought maybe they could get them, and just didn't turn out that way but ooh, what a game that was a great game mm-hmm. um, another one I want to talk about Kansas State and Texas <laughs> what did what did you think about this game crazy I, I still don't know how good those teams are and it feels to me like that's going to be you know the big 12 is going to be left out because yeah. well we can talk a lot of different playoff scenarios, but I think even if Texas wins out, there's a good chance they don't make it in. Yeah, I can see that. And so I, you know, I haven't paid a ton of attention to the Big Twelve just for that reason. Yeah, my biggest thing was that game gets to overtime. Kansas State holds Texas to a field goal. It's fourth and goal from the four. I mean, it's not like it's it's from the two or, you know, from the one. Why not just kick the field? I know they had some troubles with their field goal unit the whole game, but why not give yourself a chance to tie that up and go into double overtime? Yeah. Yeah. On the I, <laughs> you know, it, it didn't make – yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense to me either. And then it seemed like the play call, they were kind of – I don't know, it seemed like they were – kind of miscommunication or something yeah. like that. So, but just yeah. a disaster. Yeah, I mean, I could see going for two or something like that for the win, but just, I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan of the whole situation, and and Texas gets a win there. So, And then let's talk about the nightcap, LSU and Alabama. Um, what did you think about this game? And obviously, you know, Jaden Daniels gets knocked out late, and I think maybe – LSU could have made a little bit of a run, but it seemed like once he left the game, it was it was all but over. Um, yeah, here's my take on Alabama that's going to be wildly unpopular. Jalen Milrow is still not lighting it up, passing the ball, but he is getting better every week. I've watched quite a bit of Alabama this week. I think Alabama is going to be in the college football playoff. I, I think there's a really, really legitimate chance that they're in. They play at Kentucky this week. And everyone's talking about that being a close game. Not to give my predictions away, but I think they're going to absolutely hammer Kentucky. And then they play Chattanooga and Auburn to finish up. I think they're going to be 11-1, go and play the SEC championship game. And I think they have a real chance to beat Georgia. And I think we are staring down a scenario where there's two SEC teams in the college football playoff again. Ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah. I can get in. So, I'll agree with you. Jalen Milrow. Yeah, still not a phenomenal passer, but my goodness. I mean, this dude can play the position. I mean, athletic is all get out. So I was I was impressed watching him Saturday night. Yeah, I, I just think Bama's legit, and I think they're getting slept on. I'm even surprised to see them as low as what they are 
in the rankings. I think they're eighth still. So yeah. it's just just kind of questionable to me. I, I just I, I see them as a real national title contender still, even with subpar maybe quarterback play. Because he's getting better each week. He's like the opposite of Kyle McCord. You know, they both start out, you don't really know what you have. And Kyle McCord just kind of remained the same to me. But Jalen Milrow, like week to week, you're seeing him get better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, a couple questions. Um, that's kind of our game recap there for the week. Um, the the first rankings came out last Tuesday. And I want to get your opinion. Did you agree with the rankings, or would you have some teams moving around there? It depends on how you're doing the rankings. If you're doing the rankings at, based on, like, a resume-type thing, um, you probably have it right. I kind of view when I think of like people ask like, Oh, who's your top four? When I'm doing that for myself, I'm thinking more of like, uh, these are the four teams that I think are most likely to win a national championship or are most equipped to win a national championship. Okay. So obviously based on what I said, I wouldn't have Ohio state number one. However, if you're just going straight off a resume, the Buckeyes have those two wins. So, yeah, I mean, they're probably number one for now until Georgia wins these next few games and they'll jump them here eventually. Um, so it's hard for me to get super worked up about these rankings so far just because they're like it's going to play itself out. Like for Ohio State, I'm thinking the other day at halftime, they're down nine to seven. I'm like, okay, Ohio State loses this game to Rutgers, let's say. All they have to do is go beat Michigan, and they're still going to be in the playoff. Like, regardless of what Ohio State does the next two weeks, it all comes down to the Michigan game. If they win the Michigan game, they're probably in the playoff. I think if they lose the Michigan game, they're probably going to be out of the playoff, though maybe they could sneak in at four. I don't see it happening this year. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say here in a roundabout way is it's just hard for me to get too worked up or overanalyze these rankings right now. Okay, so... The rankings just came out again tonight. We're recording here. It's about 8.30. They came out about an hour and a half ago. Top eight stayed the same from last week. Before last week, who was your top five? Um, You're saying, like, who would I rank in my top five yep. based off of, like, who I yep. think are most likely to win the national championship? Yep. Okay. Georgia would be my number one still. Okay. I would have – see, this is weird – but I would probably have Ohio State number two just because I think with Ohio State's defense and if McC if McCord can just progress at all with the weapons that he has, I still think that they are able. But that's with a big asterisk next to it because he's got to get better over these next couple weeks. So I would have Ohio State two. I would have the Michigan and Florida State. I would have three and four, but I'm not sure who I would have in which okay. position. I think I would maybe have Florida State at three and then Michigan at four and and then either Washington or Alabama at five, five and six. Okay. So I'll agree with you. And I, I've always been like, I've always been this way. Like if you're the defending national champion and not only are they yep. the defending national champion, but two years in a row, I know the resume for Ohio State looks better right now. But 
to me, I've always been that kind of guy that like, I don't know how you can move them out of the number one spot. Yeah. Same. If, if they're the reigning champion and they're still undefeated. So I agree with you there. I think Georgia should be one from there. I think it's just, you go with Ohio state at two uh, because the resume and then I'm with you. I, I probably go Michigan three, Florida state four. I'd go Washington five, but I think I'd get Alabama from eight up to six. And then I would go Oregon seven, Texas, Texas eight. Yeah. And I think that the two of us here, like, I, I think we're thinking on the similar, you know, train of thought, but mm. you know, everybody always says, well, it's a, it's a new year. You got to do it just based on this year and like agreed. But how long are we going to do that and get proved wrong time and time again? Like, how many times have people thrown fit about, like, the SEC teams getting in? Like, oh, Georgia and Alabama are in. And then, oh, like, it turns out that they are clearly the top two teams. Like, that's where I'm at with Georgia this year. And Mm -hmm. also, like, with their three games they had scheduled, they beat Missouri already. And then Ole Miss and Tennessee, they're two top 15 teams. If they win those two games, they're going to jump Ohio State before the – Michigan game so like I don't know why the committee wouldn't just do like some damage control there and save themselves some headaches and questions and just put just put Georgia at one now um but you know it'll all work itself out yeah absolutely but oh and then also maybe I'm just a Michigan hater but like (laughs) same thing for me here like you got to prove it to me that you're capable of winning a college football playoff game before I consider you a national championship contender. On top of all the stuff they have going on off the field right now, like, I just see every team they play. And it might not matter through Big Ten play, and that includes the Ohio State game, that all these teams are gunning for them. But on a national stage, I think it does matter. I, I really do. And I do not see them winning a college football playoff game again this year. That is even if they finish – undefeated 13-0 as the number one team, which I think is a real possibility for them. It just seems different to me. Like, the past couple of years, you could say Georgia's had a target on their back because, you know, they're the defending national champion. They've been number one, and so everyone's gunning for them, which is true. But, like, what has Georgia done that, besides that that could really fire other teams up? Like, they haven't gone and said crazy things in the media or, you know, talked out of pocket or anything. Like, this Michigan deal has everyone across the country fired up. And so I just think that even outside of the Big Ten, all teams will really be gunning for them. And anytime you have that extra incentive, uh, you know, I, I think that can be a problem. Yeah. Uh, Brady, real quick, I do want to look at – let me see here. I do want to look at uh, George's remaining schedule because I think – okay, yeah, so they have Ole Miss – this weekend at home, go on the road to Tennessee the following week, and then on the road, Georgia Tech at the end of the season. Having Ole Miss and Tennessee left, that would say they win both those games, they win out, as we think they probably will. Does their resume get stronger than Ohio State's and jump and, and Georgia jumped to number one. Yes. Okay. Yes. That, that's where I'm at. I agree with you. That's where I'm at with it. Um, and and that's where that's where I think we will see some movement. If Ohio State and Georgia both went out, 
I do think Georgia will be the top seed as they should be. Yeah, and so I think this is the scenario that we could see happen. Let's say Ohio State and Georgia win every game the rest of the way. So Georgia beats Ole Miss next week. I'm not sure if they jump the Buckeyes with that win, but I think they would the following week after beating Tennessee. So mm-hmm. I think you'd have Georgia at one, then Ohio State at two. And then if Ohio State could go beat Michigan, I think Ohio State would jump to one again. But then I think a win for Georgia over Alabama in that SEC championship would again jump Ohio State back to one. Yeah, now that that's saying – that Tennessee wins on the road this week. I mean, they go to Missouri. Yeah. So yeah. Easy. If, if now let's say Tennessee loses and they fall to say, I don't know, right around the 18 spot. Does that resume look as good? I guess it would depend on where, what, what Notre Dame does as well. I still think so because I think it's another ranked team. Yeah. That's the other thing. You got to keep an eye on Notre Dame too. They can't lose any more games. Yeah. Or else that really hurt the Buckeyes case. For sure. For sure. So um, that's where I'm at with that. I, I do think Georgia's going to have the better resume come the end of the season. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, um, and they should. I mean, Georgia deserves to have the better resume. They play in the SEC, which time and time again has proven to be the stronger football conference. Agreed. Agreed. So before we move on, um, did want to get your thoughts while we're on the college football subject. I know it's been a few weeks since we talked and it just kind of broke, um, you know, that week that we talked a couple weeks ago. So give me more of your thoughts and more, more information's come out about Michigan um, and the whole scandal. So, so what are your thoughts as where we sit today? So, yeah, I mean, it seems to keep getting uglier all the time, right? With every story that comes out, it seems to be getting worse, but here's my thing. If nothing's happened yet with everything that's come out, nothing's going to happen for the remainder of this season to Michigan. I I don't see a hardball suspension. I don't see any of that happening. Um, And then Brett, you know, we talked a little bit just before we went live here about this news today where potentially um, there's a report out there that Ohio state and Rutgers shared Michigan signals with Purdue before the big 10 championship game last year. And, supposedly didn't do it illegally just decoded from what they saw in the game and then shared that information with Purdue, which I guess is not illegal. Um, I don't know. I I'm just kind of over it at this point. I, yep. I think the whole, I think the whole thing is silly. I think Michigan obviously was in the wrong. Why there hasn't been anything done yet. I'm not real sure. Well, I, I, I'm, I mean, I think it's just because from a pure money standpoint, you know, I, I mean, the NCAA, the Big Ten, they want Michigan to keep playing this year. Michigan's a huge brand. So I just don't see anything happening until after the season, at least, if ever, really. Because it just seems like this whole thing's going to get goofy, especially with the news that came out today. I agree with you 100%. And here, I'm not going to elaborate much more on it because I, I think it's far from over. And again, each day, it just seems like more and more stuff comes out. So here's what I will say. I've been on the socials, and I know you have been too. Mm-hmm. And I just want to relay this to Michigan fans, see if they can get this through their head. No one is upset that you stole signs. Like, that's not the issue. The issue is the way you stole the signals. Like, yep. 
buying tickets to opponents' games. That's that's not the way to do it. So it's not the fact that you did it. It's the fact of how you did it. So I just wanted to put that out there. Maybe they can grasp that concept a little bit because I see people firing around us like, you guys don't even understand what everybody's upset about. I mean, the way you did it was not legal. Yeah. And the other thing that they're saying is like, well, we're on top. Now we're winning games. The teams are just trying to take us down. Nobody is scared of Michigan football. No one is scared. You've won two Big Ten championships in the last almost 20 years. You've never won a college football playoff game. Nobody cares and nobody is scared. And kind of what I thought about tonight was, like, I know it's different than high school football, but just a comparison, like, you have your blue bloods of college football. Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, over the past, you know, decade or plus, Year in, year out, they're at the top. Kind of like, you know, the Mac in football, let's say, like Marion Local, Coldwater. Those are teams you fear because every year they're going to be good. Even in their down years where they may seem down, they go like a 7-3 and three or 8-2. and two. You don't want to play them, okay? And I'll just throw Wayne Trace out there, their football program, you know, um, ups and downs, and they had a good couple years there, really good years where teams, you know, they, they were the team to beat in this area, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, a few great classes. But now we've seen the Raider football program kind of, you know, come back to where it was prior to that run. Yep. And who says Michigan, this run for Michigan isn't just the same thing? Who says it's not just a couple years of success and they're not just going to go back to where they were before? Because I think that's where I view it. And I think that's where a lot of other teams nationally view it, like, no one is really scared of Michigan football. They haven't really proven anything outside of the last two years winning a few good games. And by the way, that has an asterisk next to it now, regardless of if anything happens. So, Yeah, very good point. Um, <laughs> I'll agree with you there. We'll, we'll just move on because yeah. I, don't think, I don't think this is done. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about it. So, um well, let's take another break. When we come back, we'll get into the high school slate. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest-quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419 419- Seven seven zero one zero four two. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Looking for the perfect fall outfits? Look no further. The Vaughn and Co. offers a stunning collection for women, men, and kids. Stay ahead of the fashion game by subscribing to our mailing list and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the Vaughn and Co. to get all of the exclusive news, deals, and discounts, and product launches. Shop now on our website, www.thevaughnandco.com, before your favorite pieces sell out. Are you wanting to put that finishing touch on your landscaping to set it apart from the rest? Or maybe you just need a gift idea for that hard-to-buy four person in your life? Give Blake and Tiffany a call with Sin Rock Engraving. They offer custom engraved rocks that will be one of a kind. They will walk you through the process of picking out your rock and customizing it with anything from names, addresses, businesses, or images of your choice. Give them a call at 419-796-9897 or check them out on Facebook. 
Sin Rock Engraving, 419-796-9897. Back here across the field, and uh, Brady, let's get into the high school games over the last couple weeks, and let's go back to the first round of the playoffs, and I kind of want to talk about the uh, GMC teams, all four getting bounced uh, the first week. And let's start with Ayersville. Um, lost a tough one to LCC down in Shawnee a couple Friday nights ago. And, uh, you know, I, again, don't want to talk too much about it, but um, I think, you know, Torrin can even not being healthy. That probably played a factor into that game, but LCC – ultimately coming away with the win and and being the better team. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, kind of what – I don't want to say it's what we expected because, yeah. you know, Ayersville obviously proved, especially through the second half of the season, that they could play with anybody, but then had a couple injuries there late. And LCC, we see this seems like every year. It's kind of the same story they had last year tough schedule they lose a couple early they fly under the radar and then here they are come playoff time and that physical brand of football um you know and they're battle tested and great win for them over airsville they're a really tough team and maybe just maybe lcc is now the favorite in that region Ooh, you think so i i i think so potentially yeah <laughs> we'll get more into that tomorrow and i tomorrow to... yeah yeah uh, I might have something to say about that. <laughs> might have a different view on I, that. I know too. you will. I know you will. I know who they're playing. <laughs> so, but yeah, again, kudos to LCC. Uh, Ayersville, really good season. And be interesting to see what they can build on next year. So, um, another GMC I want to talk about the Sonora Rams. And, you know, lost a tough one in overtime to Winford. Um, so let, let's talk about that. Lost 31-28 in overtime. Um, I, I'm sure you saw the highlight there at the end. Uh, Tenora guy goes, to, I think it was third and goal from maybe the two. Uh, gets close to the goal line, gets hit, ball comes out. Winford recovers. And the officials, you know, I, I don't want to make this uh, bash the officials every time we get on here, but to just walk away from that play. They get together and they talk a little bit, but then they just walk off the field. Um, and we can get into the play that happened before, you know, earlier in the game with about seven minutes to go. Um, but just, I don't understand why, you know, Brady, you and I both umpire. And if you and I are working a game together and a coach comes out to appeal a call and we, or even if they don't, we get together and talk about it, you know, one of us, I feel like it's just common sense. We got to come out and make a ruling. Like one of us has to make a signal, whether he's out or safe, whatever the question is. So like, why, why can't these high school football officials do that? And not only that, but I just thought it was like a given. You have to make the ruling, make the call. And then you have to go yes. to both coaches and explain the ruling. Like that seems like common sense to me. Um, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe that's not, that's not how it's taught. I don't know, but it seems to me like you should be able to, you know, tell the coaches, wait there on the sideline. We will get back with you. We're going to get together and get this thing right. 
And then it just seems like common courtesy from there. You talk, you get the call right based on what you saw you know, at the time because there's not replay or anything. You just have to do the best you can with the naked eye. But then you, it, I just feel like it's common courtesy. You have to go back and explain to the coach why you made the call that you did. And yeah. that didn't happen in that Tenora game. And I think that's got to be the most frustrating part. Yeah, so – Again, agree with you there. And then let's go back to, I'm sure you saw the clip of the interception by Tenora um, or what appeared to be an interception. And I kind of walk everybody through this play. So um, fourth down, Winford throws the ball to the end zone. It's kind of up for grabs. To me, it looked like all both players from, from each team got their hands on the ball. Um, I don't know that Winford ever had control of the ball. Um, they go to the ground separate from each other. And the Tenora player, which I believe was Bishop, comes up with the ball. And the official initially rules a touchback. And then all of a sudden, a guy from 20, 30 yards away comes running in. And they get together and talk. And they call it a touchdown. And yep. I, I just don't understand how that all shook out. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that too. It, it's hard to say without talking to the officials and hearing their perspective. But when you watch the play, there's an official right on top of it. And he yep. makes the call. And it's and, and he calls it, he rules an interception and a touchback right away. And the Tenora kid clearly has the football um, after the play, you know, after they go to the ground. Uh, the guy in green has the ball. And it's one of those things where if you're the other official, like I'll compare it to this, Brett, since we both do baseball. Like let's say you're on the bases and I'm behind the plate. Yep. And you're you're running around. There's a guy that's trying to stretch a play, you know, a double into a triple. And you're running around the bases with him. And there's a, you know, a close play at third base. And you're the closest guy to it and you make the call but I'm behind the plate and I have my mask off and I'm looking down the line at it. If you call out, but I think the guy was safe or vice versa. Like if I'm going to go and overturn that and talk to you about it, I better be 100% sure yep. that that happened. Like it has to be a 100% no doubter that you absolutely blew that call. You didn't see the guy drop the ball or something, or you didn't see that the runner touched the base that's kind of the situation in this football game to me. The guy's coming from 15 to 20 yards down the field. He better have been 100% sure that he saw something that that official standing right on top of it did not. Because it was just from the clip that we saw in the video angle we had, it was just hard to believe that that would have been a touchdown. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying it was an interception. I mean, when they went to the ground, that ball could have been on the ground, but at least yeah. it's incomplete, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. Which which would have helped Tenora in the long run with it being incomplete. I yeah. mean, but to not give them possession at all and rule it a touchdown, I mean, we're talking maybe that game doesn't even get to overtime. I mean, take a touchdown off the board. Yeah, and, and again, it's a situation where I, I don't know what the rule is, but man it, it's just you watch that video and it's just hard to believe that that could be a touchdown well you know the the rule is simultaneous possession goes to the offense but to me yeah. he never that Winford player never had the ball 
Yeah. He had he had his hands on it initially, I think, when it came down, but he never controlled that ball whatsoever. And so um you just watching it back and and I'll give the the Tenora Tenora Rams live crew, I'll give them a lot of credit because they cover all the Tenora games and they're Tenora guys at heart. But I've watched a lot of their broadcasts and I've listened to them on NWO Sports Podcast. Give them a little shout out plug here. They're pretty fair with everybody. I mean, if they think it's it's not a good call, they're going to tell you it's not a good call and they're going to voice their opinion. And right away, I believe it was Tony Fairchild who said he called out the crew and he said these same guys screwed up when Wayne Trace was here and, and, and that went against Wayne Trace. And then he said, they screwed this one up, which went against Sonora. And so for me, you know, just watching that, it was just like, I watched both those games. And if that is the same crew, I don't know that for sure. But if it was, then we watched them just walk off the field twice. Twice. Yeah. And, and that's what's most frustrating to me, I guess. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You, you make a really good point. Uh, those, uh, the Tenora Rams uh, live guys, they did a really good job. And the, I mean, that they, they do, they're really classy guys that they do a good job, you know, uh, Keith and, and Logan and those guys and, and Tony, they, they, they're tremendous, but you could tell, you know, that call, that, that call upset them. And I mean, they pretty much tell it like it is yep. um, regardless of if it's in Tenora's favor or not. And that was just, it's just one of those plays that it's tough to swallow. And if it's a game that's decided by three touchdowns, you know, it's not a big deal. But, of course, you know, it comes down to a one-possession game. Yep. So, um, but moving on, you know, Winford gets the win. And so, whatever. It is what it is. They move on. You can't go back and fix it now. So, let's move on. Let's talk about the Pauling Panthers making that trip to Bluffton. And, you know, Paulding had a really great season. Bluffton is just an absolute juggernaut. And I believe they won that game 56 to 6, something like that, or 63 to 6. I mean, it was it was not close. And, and the Bluffton Pirates are the real deal. But nothing to be ashamed for, you know, with the Paulding Panthers. I mean, finish the season 6 and 5, make the playoffs for the first time in school history. They got a lot to be proud of over there in Paulding. This is why I don't like the 16-team playoff yep. for this reason. Um, and I know we've talked about this off-air a little bit. You know, Paulding beats Wayne Trace in a, in a great Week 10 game that they really needed after struggling the second half of the season and having a few losses against good teams. They win that game, and they're on such a high. And with the old format, that would have been it. But with 16 teams in, yes, Paulding gets the neat experience of go, being in the playoffs, then they go to Bluffton, and and Bluffton does that to them. You know, they win by 50-plus. And so I, I just hope for Paulding, you know, that they're able to look back on this season, you know, and not have that sour taste in their mouth going into this offseason and really, you know, think about all that they were able to accomplish this year um, and beating Wayne Trace and, and you know, and, and having the season that they did and making the playoffs. Yes, it's great. But it's also going to be a challenge for them going forward now next year because you look at what Antwerp is losing and what Wayne Trace is losing. And I think, you know, here in the county, next year, just kind of looking ahead, I think 
if you had to pick who's going to be the top team in the county next year, I would say Paulding right now. Yeah, I'd agree with that, hundred yeah. percent. And and not only that, I think they could make a run for a GMC title. Yeah, absolutely. So it's one of those things, and obviously, you know, for those kids, that's going to be a very different um, position to be in and a different mentality um, this off season and the next season. So they just need to remember this was a great season, but they also are going to have to ramp things up a notch and continue to build off this. Yep. So yeah, Brady, another good, uh, a good season for Paulding. I hope they can build off of it, you know, making that playoff appearance and hopefully it doesn't affect them in the off season, as you mentioned. So uh, let's get on to the last GMC team, the Antwerp Archers. And, you know, they were, they were tested against Arlington. Arlington came out and, uh, ran that that triple option you know to perfection and and really kind of controlled the tempo of the game and played really solid defense against the archers um yeah i'd heard comments in the week leading up to that game that arlington was pretty good um and i'll admit i was not bought in at all until i started watching that game and they had a couple big kids on their line Mm-hmm. And they're, I can't remember their running back's name, but he was very, very, very questionable leading up to that game. And then he ended up being able to suit up, and he was huge. Uh, and, was it was it Cavani? Yeah, yeah. And, All right. And, you know, we've made comments this fall, or, you know, I have about teams wanting to throw the football all the time and, you know, high school teams' unwillingness to run the football. And that game is the reason why, because – I mean, it's just the beer. It's nothing special, but it is so simple and it limits your mistakes offensively. And it's so difficult to stop when you're good at it. And I think Arlington put that on display and uh, came up with a huge win. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I was impressed with their offense and I was impressed with Aiden Cavanaugh in the backfield and some of those other guys. But to me, it was their defense, you know, the way they the way they defended Antwerp. We haven't really seen that this year. Teams being able to really lock Antwerp down aside from, you know, Ayersville or um, a couple other teams, maybe Tenor a little bit. But Arlington brought it to a whole new level, I felt like. Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. And obviously not an easy task. But, uh, you know, for those Antwerp kids, not the season that they had envisioned. But, uh, man, oh, man, what a great run that group of senior guys had. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be it'll be sad not to watch those guys on Friday nights anymore because they were a really, really fun and, and special group for that community. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> those guys will be remembered for a long time. And that, oh, yeah. as, they should, as they should be. I mean, that senior class, just phenomenal. And then you, you throw in some of the juniors as well and – so, you know, I, I think Antwerp will be okay going forward, um, but they got a lot of shoes to fill heading into next season. Sure do. So They sure do. More so than anyone around, really. Yeah. All right. Let's get into last week, uh, week 12. And uh, there were a lot of good games. I think I'm going to start um, in Division 7. And I'm going to start with – the game that really kind of shocked me and, and both teams kind of a little bit out of our coverage area, but Hopewell loud in the number one seed knocking off Pandora 33 to three. I did not see that coming. I, I thought Hopewell Loudon could win. I just didn't think it'd be by 30 points. 
Yeah, and Hopewell Loudon, you know, going into that last week, they played Calvert. I had heard all season long that they were a good team, but we just don't – we're not in that area much. We don't see those teams in that area much, so we just didn't know. But going into that game last week, there were a lot of people that were expecting Pandora Gilboa to beat Hopewell Loudon to the point where I really – you know, if, if PG would have been able to beat them, it wouldn't have been that much of an upset in my eyes. But mm-hmm. Hopewell Loudon, like you said, winning 33-3, to we know what type of quality team Pandora Gilboa has been this year and the quality of team that they've beaten. Um, so for Hopewell Loudon to do that win by 30, uh, that yeah, that's a very impressive win. Sure is. That sure is. Uh, moving on, we'll stay in Division 7, Region 26. And, you know, the Arlington team we just talked about knocking off Antwerp. PH knocks them off 40-14. to 14. Arlington had a 14-12 to 12 lead at halftime, but uh, PH putting together a solid second half. Yeah, foolishly, I, I picked Arlington last week to beat PH, you know, broke one of the cardinal rules. Uh, the, the impressive thing about Patrick Henry, to me, I don't know of many other teams in the area, I mean, even the good teams that we're talking about here tonight, that could lose a starting quarterback, let alone the quality of Nash Meyer, and still continue to have this kind of playoff success. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That that is that's very impressive. And I think that goes to to show, you know, the job that Coach I does over there. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he's one of the best to do it, but man oh man, those guys really picking up the slack and and putting it on Arlington there. So <laughs> to me, that was at halftime. I was a little surprised. I thought PH would kind of dominate from the jump, but credit those guys for putting together a solid second half, coming out sure. and making some adjustments. And yeah. I did hear Cavani uh, did go down at halftime or just before halftime. Yeah, never came back in that game. That might have had something to do with it. Definitely, definitely. So um, we'll stay um, Division Seven, Region Twenty Six again. Um, LCC and Crestview T-Birds get the win 44-28 listen to your dad and Sean on the radio on this one this uh, you know Crestview hung right with them for a while LCC pulled away a little bit late but uh, the Knights had another good season yeah they did they did making it to week 12 once again and yeah I was surprised I kind of thought LCC was going to run away with this game and Crestview played them really tough for three quarters but then in the end LCC was just a little too much yep so give I want to give a shout out to the Knights. I mean they that was uh was a heck of a pl- uh, display and you know I think they left it all out there and and I kind of thought LCC would win that game by you know more than that and yeah. I think that just shows uh what coach Harding does with those guys so credit to them. Yeah, Crestview was another one of those teams, you know, they started the year off pretty hot and then towards the middle half to the to late half of the season you know, dealt with several losses in a row. Their schedule got tough, and it would have been easy for them to just lay down, but they came out, and obviously that week 11 win as a 15 seed beating a two seed, um, that's something that will always be remembered. So, uh, yeah, another another great year for the Knights. Yep. And then in that region, to wrap things up, Macomb knocked off Eden 57 to nothing, and uh, the Panthers just rolled in this one the entire game. So, um, Eden, another good job of, of getting to week 12 and mm-hmm. Coach O and the guys bowing out. And and I think that just shows how good this Macomb team, I mean, they're starting to hit their stride here, but going to get tougher for them moving, moving forward here. 
Macomb and LCC, man. What what a game that'll be. <laughs> we'll get to that more tomorrow, but uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, let's move to Division Six, Region Twenty Two. Grove knocked off Black River thirty-four to six. Um, Carey knocked off Columbia forty-eight to nothing. Bluffton knocks off Winford thirty-eight nothing. And Ottawa Hills beat Colonel Crawford 28-21. That Colonel Crawford team is really, really good. Yes. Um, and I, so I think that – I think to, for me, um, obviously that being the closest game, but that, that says a lot to how good this Ottawa Hills team is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and Bluffton, you know, um, they go and, and they lose week 10 to Grove and they give up 14 points, but then here they are right back on the shutout train. You know, they give up six to Paulding and then <laughs> a shutout in week 12. So Ottawa Hills won't be easy for them this week, but you look at this region and man, oh man, how great would a Grove and Bluffton rematch be? Oh, I think that's what we all want, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and look at division five, uh, region 18, Liberty Center still rolling, knocks off Huron 41-7. to uh, They'll get Oak Harbor, who knocked off Highland 41-7 to as well. Um, and then in the bottom half of that, you had Milan Edison knocking off Eastwood 38-7. And then a game I kept my eye on, actually tuned into, the Coldwater Cavaliers knocking off the Archbold Blue Streaks 28-14 at Archbold. Um, Brady, did you get to see any of this game? or I, I didn't get to see any of it, no. Okay. So I watched most of it. Um, tell you what, the first half, it seemed like um, we were kind of in for a shootout. Um, both defenses were okay, but the offenses were moving the ball. There were some special teams plays. And I thought, okay, this is going to go back and forth. Second half, I, I, I don't remember the halftime score. It might have been 21 14. Um, in favor of Coldwater, but second half was more of a just grinded out. Coldwater controlled the clock. Their defense was really solid. And, um, yeah, it, I took Archbold, but uh, Coldwater deserved to win that game, man. They're the real deal. I, and I don't know why I underestimated any team coming out of the MAC. Yeah, well, Archbold's really good. I mean, I, I that game was about a pick on I think. Mm -hmm. you know, it could have gone either way. It was a coin flip type of game. But we talked about it when we had Sean on this region all along has kind of felt like Liberty Center cold water collision course and here we are one week away from getting it potentially yep want to go division four region 14 real quick Van Wert bows out they got beat by Shelby the Whippets 71 to 41 and I don't know about you Brady but I, I could not believe that score when I saw it come across yeah, well, it was, I mean, it was, at halftime, I think it was 42 to 34. Yeah. Um, crazy. Um, Shelby has a quarterback. Have you seen this kid at all? I've seen a couple highlights, yeah. Yeah. So, his name, his last name's DeVito, I yep. believe. Um, and he's a sophomore. And if he stays healthy, he's on pace to be top 10, well, I shouldn't say top 10, but very highly ranked all-time uh, in passing yards in OHSAA history. So he, he's a real thing, and putting up 71 in a playoff game, that, that's pretty gross. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's 
awesome. (laughs) It was pretty cool. Uh, Glenville knocked off Napoleon 40 to seven. West Holmes knocked off Galleon 22, 19 and Sandusky Perkins knocked off St. Mary's who had another good season out of the WBL, but they knocked them off 28, 21. Any comments on these games here? Well, you look at this region and Glenville is such heavy favorites. I think seeing how the sophomore quarterback DeVito does against them this week will be really interesting to watch. Yep. Yeah, we'll dive again. We'll dive more into that later on um, tomorrow night. But uh, and then Division Three, you got Salina moving on. Region Twelve, uh, Wapak moving on. They both got the job done. So you know, kind of pulling for those two teams so they can meet up. You know, next week, Week Fourteen, Regional Final. Yeah, Salina's kind of flown under the radar this year. Quietly, they've had a really, really nice season. Mm-hmm. And knocked off a Trotwood Madison team who. You know, years past, just a, a great program uh, and a powerhouse there. So, kudos to the Bulldogs for getting that done. Yeah. Um, and also Division Three, Region 10. Um, Toledo Central Catholic knocks off Defiance 41-26. And, Brady, I did want to mention this. TCC is solid. We know that. I mean, year in and year out. Coach Cooper and Defiance Bulldogs hanging tight with them, only losing by 15. I, I, to me, I kind of thought TCC might run away with this, but give give the Bulldogs credit. They hung right, hung right in with them. Yeah, everyone expected that game to be a blowout. But like you said, credit Defiance played right with them for majority of that game. Yep. So, all right. Well, that about does it for the high school slate. And again, we'll get to our picks tomorrow night. You got anything to add on that? I don't think so. Just uh, looking forward to, you know, breaking these down even more tomorrow night. All right. Sounds good. Um, anything we're missing? I don't think so. Buckeye Hoops got off to the start last night. They did. I, I didn't watch. I, I know it was kind of <laughs> ugly at first, but able to get the win so i guess i guess we'll take them where we can get them yep yep i actually got home early a little bit yesterday and watched the buckeye women play yeah um, got knocked off by usc uh-huh. but usc's got it they got i don't know I, she was highly recruited uh juju watkins yeah went for th- went for 32 in her debut that's impressive sure is um it feels to me like the NCAA women's scene uh, has a lot more attention this year or is getting a lot more attention this year than what it has in years past. Yeah. You know, with what we've seen in the transfer portal and Ohio state being good. So maybe we're just paying a little bit more attention, but I'll be keeping close tabs this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, JC Sheldon for the Buckeyes was phenomenal. I love watching her play. I want to say this, Brady, if you are, I don't care if you're male, female, if you've got time, sit down and watch the Lady Buckeyes and watch J.C. Sheldon play. My goodness, she just does everything. Her motor never stops. Yeah. Yeah, she's really fundamentally sound. Yeah, does it on both ends. Just knows her role. Does I mean, gets the job done. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal to watch. So, can't. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch the Lady Buckeyes the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Anything else you want to add before we jump off here? Uh, I don't think so. I, I think I'll save shout-outs and everything for tomorrow night. So. Sounds good. 
All right, man, that does it. So we'll we'll catch up with you tomorrow night. We got our picks. Uh, we'll make our picks tomorrow night. We'll have some guest pickers on. We're going to have uh, two, actually, I believe, if their schedules coordinate, because since we missed last week, we'll get uh, Teddy on with us to make his picks. He was all lined up for last week, and uh, again, with everything not really working out. So we're going to get Teddy Stahlbaum back on again. And then this week's winner, I'm not going to reveal it just yet, but uh, yeah, so we might, we're going to have, we're going to be joined by two guests. I don't know if Peyton's joining us or not, but we'll find out tomorrow. So good deal. Things cooking for him. But Well, it was a good one, man. It was, it was great catching up and sorry to all the listeners again about last week. It just, just didn't work out for us. We all had a hectic schedule and got things figured out. So we're back at it. Uh, high school hoops on the horizon a few weeks away from that so can't wait to dive into that too excited for the the football playoffs but ready for some hardwood action it's about that time so (laughs) lots to look forward to for real all right all right man we'll catch up with you tomorrow have a good night yep sounds good man all right you have listened to another episode of across the field peace out players